You hear a lot of talk these days, don't you, about how our world is falling apart. It seems everywhere there are people talking about this, about all the problems we're facing from ongoing threats to our fragile democracy, to the climate crisis, to violence against pe people of color and women and immigrants and religious minorities. To say nothing of ongoing global problems like hunger, poverty, disease, and violence. Mark, De Mark DeWolf was a young and promising UU minister who wrote the words to that hymn we just sang, which I would love for us to get to know. Mark died of AIDS when he was only 35, back in 1988. Diane Miller was his internship supervisor and minister at the church where he did his internship. And she says he was someone with so much promise that he never had the chance to fulfill. And that this was particularly hard for Mark because he realized he wasn't going to live long enough to help fight the problems of his day. Racism, sexism, patriarchy, militarism, homophobia. But she says Mark, by working on this, moved past his despair. He came to understand that though none of us alone can save the world, we are part of something larger that will endure and carry on after we ourselves are gone. And you can hear this in his words, can't you? Sing out praises for the journey, pilgrims we who carry on, searchers in the soul's deep yearnings like our forebears in their time. We seek out the spirit's wholeness in the endless human quest. There are struggles in every age. There always have been and there always will be. The question before us in every generation is, what are we going to do about them while we are here? And how do we live with the knowledge that these problems, most of them, won't be fully solved in our lifetime? Can we learn to joyfully embrace this human quest the struggle for more peace, for more freedom, for more justice and equity, a better life for all, these huge human projects. And isn't this where faith comes in? Imagining what is not yet and working toward it even though you know the work is not going to be completed in your lifetime. And don't we particularly need this kind of faith for the living of these days? And by faith, I think you know that I'm not talking about a sunny optimism or a certainty that things are just going to magically get better all by themselves. No, by faith, I mean putting one foot in front of the other. Even and especially when you don't know where you're going. Faith as following that mysterious presence and the mysterious longings of our own hearts. Faith as the Buddhist teacher Sharon Salzberg says, 
trusting your own deepest experience. Today, I invite you to join with me in reflecting on faith as a journey. And I hope that you will make some time in the coming days to consider the journey of your own life. The bends, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the struggles and the joys and successes. And if you do this, I have to imagine you might come to the conclusion that you have been faithful that you have found ways to persevere and even pursue things that you had no idea where they would lead. And if you're someone who doesn't have much use for that word faith, because of how it's often used, such as believing in impossible things or having certainty in an uncertain world, then I hope you'll stay with me this morning, okay? Almost 20 years ago, I led a memorial service for a friend who had died at midlife from pancreatic cancer. This was up in Portsmouth in the same church where I'd been ordained just a few weeks beforehand. Her name was Donna, and she was a quiet and unassuming leader in that congregation. Her husband, Jim, was also a leader there, and he was a serious religious humanist. Theologically, we were about this far apart. But Jim asked me to lead the service that day because there was a brand new interim minister there who didn't know Donna. And so we led it together, which I was honored to do, of course. And in the homily, I said, Jim, I don't know if you have any idea what a gift you and Donna have given to this community and to those who love you and your family and friends. You faced Donna's cancer with eyes and hearts wide open. And in doing so, you invited us in and you gave us a gift and you taught us a lesson. And I said, you might not choose this word, Jim. You might even think lightning is going to strike when I say it, but you have been faithful. You and Donna have been faithful members of this church for over 20 years through thick and thin, when things worked for you and when things didn't. You have been faithful friends to so many, and you and Donna were faithful to each other these past few months, so that when it came time for Donna to die, you were ready, or as ready as anyone can be. You were at peace with each other and with her dying, and it was beautiful to witness. Sharon Salzberg wrote a little book called Faith, Trusting Your Own Deepest Experience. And near the start, this Buddhist meditation teacher says, I want to invite a new use of the word faith, one that is not associated with a dogmatic religious interpretation or with divisiveness. I want to encourage delight in the word to help reclaim faith as fresh, vibrant, intelligent, and liberating. This is a faith that emphasizes a foundation of love and respect for ourselves. It is a faith that uncovers our connection to others rather than designating anyone as separate and apart. Like 
a number of you, I grew up in a different faith tradition than this one. And when I followed my wife to a UU church, this set me on a path that I had never dreamed about or even desired. In time, it did. And it started with the freedom to question that this tradition celebrates and invites, which led me to my surprise to take a fresh look at the faith that I had been formed in and to find some forgotten riches there. And in time to find myself actually redeeming and reclaiming some of the ideas and the language that I thought had been lost to me. This was liberating and exciting, and plenty of times it was also kind of scary, too. Where was this going to lead? One day, my wife Tracy said to me, what if you are heading somewhere that I can't go with you? Over time, we realized we just had to trust. We had to have faith. In those days, I read something that has stayed with me because it rang so true. How do we know that God is with us? We know because we will be led to places we did not plan to go. We will be led to places we did not plan to go. I never planned to go to the places or do many of the things that I've gotten to do over these last 20 years. And isn't this true in your life also? Think about it. When you enter into a relationship, when you take up a new vocation, when you become a parent, when one day you decide to check out a new church, maybe just on a lark, maybe because of some deep longing, you have no idea where that is going to lead. Most of us worry about the ways that things can go wrong at the start of these journeys. I don't think I'm the only one, right? How many of us in that moment imagine the gifts and the blessings that might be just around the corner waiting for us but not yet visible? and those difficult and painful times of life that each of us have to experience. If you've been through enough of them, you know over time they can contain gifts also, right? As Maya Angelou titled one of her books, Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now. A few years ago, my mom told me a story about one morning when she had gone to church. It was the church that I grew up in. And after the service at coffee hour, a man named Jim, who was a Sunday school teacher and taught me for several years, I think probably when I was in elementary school, back when I was a kid, he just asked my mom, how's Frank doing these days? And my mom told him, well, a few years ago, he went off to seminary at midlife and now he's a Unitarian Universalist minister. And she said a look of horror came over Jim's face. <laughs> and he asked, where did we fail him? <laughs> and 
And my, mo- and my mom, God bless her, she said this. She said, Jim, if you could see Frank now, you would know that we didn't fail him at all. This is my mom who, at midlife, had her own surprising journey of becoming an Episcopal priest and had her own doubts about this UU faith when I was first exploring it. But she came to see how this faith journey has been so life-giving and liberating for me and for our family. Isn't life such a wonderful adventure? Yes, our world is so broken in many ways. There is so much pain and suffering, and it is still a beautiful world with promise and possibility all around. Some days I despair for the future of the church, which everyone knows is in decline, right? You're doing something countercultural by just going to church on Sunday morning nowadays. But I started to wonder, maybe this is also a gift, that as the church gets pushed to the margins, probably where it was always supposed to be, and the church is no longer seen as central to the society, doesn't that invite the church, doesn't it force the church to be less self-focused? and less self-serving, maybe less concerned about its old 2,000-year-old rules, don't get me started, (laughs) and more open to the needs of people and the needs of the world. And I'm so grateful to get to minister in these days when the walls between faith traditions have gotten lower and have become more permeable, where there's greater interfaith understanding and cooperation and more people are living in religiously blended families and there's more healthy curiosity about other faith traditions. There's much more lively spiritual searching going on now than when I was a child when it seemed that everybody went to church but nobody had a spiritual life, right? And isn't it good that we have prophets and poets and sages these days who may have something to do with organized religion, but maybe they don't. These people who are such blessed companions and guides, like David White, and I know we've read him, heard him two times in a, two weeks in a row, but I just wanted you to hear his poem about his journey of claiming back his own way of questioning and seeking. Because isn't that something almost all of us are interested in? This is the kind of faith journey that I want to be on, and I expect you do too. Not so concerned with what one thinks or believes, but how we live these lives while we are here. It doesn't interest me if there's one God or many gods, he writes. I want to know if you belong or feel abandoned, if you know despair or see it in others. I want to know if you are prepared to live in this harsh world, if you are prepared to live in this world with this harsh need to change you, if you look, can look back with firm eyes saying, this is where I stand. 
and my spiritual companions, I want to know if you are willing to follow the longings of your heart wherever it leads, trusting that you will find companions on the way. This is the journey of faith, and our world needs as many faithful people as it can get, joining hands, carrying the work forward, singing as we go. Amen.